This is the Hoosier Ag Today Wednesday podcast on the 7th of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer checking in with Hoosier Ag Today news today, including a discussion of agriculture with legislators over bacon and what squatters' rights might mean on the farm. The Hoosier Ag Today podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart grit and agriculture, ffbt.com for more. Also today on the podcast, Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has above normal temperatures on tap for Indiana. And the Tuesday Ag Market's quiet and mixed. We have analysis with Arlen Suderman coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today Wednesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bacon brings people together and squatters' rights on the farm. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. Traditional bacon, candied bacon, Nashville hot bacon, beef bacon, and more led legislators and their staff, and this very hungry farm broadcaster, to the third floor of the Indiana State House Monday as farmer leaders and staff with the Indiana Corn Growers Association and the Indiana Soybean Alliance's Membership and Policy Committee discussed hot ag topics at the annual Bacon Bar and Brunch Legislative Breakfast. We use the bacon to entice folks in, but the real value here is to have farmers meeting with their legislators, talking about the bills that are important to them, and really just talking through some of the issues surrounding the industry. That's Steve Howell, Senior Director of Industry Affairs for Indiana Corn and Soy. One hot topic discussed at the event was House Bill 1315, which would provide tax credits for the sale of higher ethanol blends, the sale of blended biodiesel or renewable diesel, and the blending of biodiesel or renewable diesel. Howell says other states have similar legislation. Indiana kind of lags behind that. We, we don't see a lot of support there. It's a tremendous market for corn with the 15 ethanol plants, and it's an important market for soybean with the largest integrated soybean diesel processing facility based right here in Indiana. That bill received a hearing last week in the House Ag and Rural Affairs Committee. Since this year is not a budget year for the General Assembly, that bill won't move forward this year. But Howell says the hearing went well and laid the groundwork to potentially pass the bill next year. Several legislators told Hatt at the event that this is one they look forward to each year. Indiana Senate Republican Jeff Rotz from the 27th District says the bacon got him out of bed early Monday. This is a, a great opportunity for them to come and share the things that are plaguing them, the questions that they have, what's happening in the state house as of this at this point in time during the session, where's ag at, are there bills that are they're for or against, and so they got opportunity to share back and forth, uh, and, and that's the right dialogue to have. And uh, you can't help but 
love the concept that they bribe us with bacon to get us to have conversation with them, yeah. Hear the full hat interview with Steve Howell and read about other statehouse priorities from the corn and soy policy organizations at HoosierAgToday.com. We've all heard the term squatter's rights, and many only think about someone squatting in a vacant building to take possession of it. But the doctrine of adverse possession, also known as squatter's rights, can pertain to agriculture, too. Cass County Attorney John Schwarz, the farm lawyer, says there are two situations squatter's rights come into play on the farm. One is when fences are not on the true property lines. We see this where there's a fence, years go by, trees grow, so we have a fence row. Someone wants to put a new fence in. Instead of you know, taking the time to cut all these trees down, they just you know, put the fence between the trees and the field, and years and years go by, and all of a sudden, the person on the other side, maybe they take some of the trees down. Maybe they start using some of that uh, land that was the other person's land. If they use it, if they think they're paying the taxes on it, and here in Indiana, if they do it for 10 years, there's a very good chance that ground can become theirs. The second is when you farm near homes and you push back farther and farther each year from your neighbor's property line. One way to avoid losing your land is if you give permission for a part of your land to be used. Let's say there's a corner of a field and you can't get a piece of machinery around and some kids put a baseball diamond or something, okay? Give written permission. It's okay if someone uses it. They're not going to get adverse possession if you've given them permission and, again, do it in writing. Schwarz explains much more in the full hat interview at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom-fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We're we not- want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Pretty nice forecast ahead of us still yet here today. We're kicking off the day with above normal temperatures easily. We're going to keep mild air in here for tomorrow as well, although clouds will be on the increase for your Thursday afternoon. That's because we've got a frontal boundary working towards us. Tomorrow or Friday or both could be the warmest days of the week. We've got sunshine tomorrow with increasing clouds. You've got moisture trying to come through on Friday, but still some pretty solid mild air. 50s and even making a run at the upper 50s, depending on where you're at. So definitely mild air here. The rain on Friday, a few hundreds to a few tenths. That is all. Coverage will be about 70% of the Hoosier State. Cold air does not work its way in on Friday. I think it stays parked up to the northwest of us just a little bit. But on 
Saturday it'll start to slide in here. It's going to be a gradual cool down. May even see a few lingering showers into Saturday morning midday in the central and southern parts of Indiana. But the cold air eventually makes it in here on Saturday and it parks over the top of a Sunday. With cool air, I think we're looking at a grayer outlook, more clouds around, even though I want to be optimistic and say sun can pop through because it's a mostly dry atmosphere. Uh, it probably is going to be tough, especially just after the rains we received. So going forward then, we're chilly for next week and in a little bit of a change, the pattern now seems to be a little drier. That system that was trying to work through the eastern part of the Corn Belt is now farther east and we could escape with no precipitation Monday into Tuesday. So I'm watching this to see if the data points change at all. But right now I'm going to take precipitation out for Monday and Tuesday. We're just chilly those days. We stay chilly and dry into Wednesday of next week. A few flurries may try and come across the Great Lakes into northern tier counties, but we'll watch that. And then Thursday we stay cool into Friday. But I'm starting to see southwest flow pump up through the central and southern plains next to Thursday night and Friday. So I'm optimistic that we see another return to mild temperatures into next weekend on the backside of Canadian high pressure. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Corn down, minor gains in soybeans and wheat. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. Settlements coming up. We begin, though, with market analysis. For that, I checked in with Arlen Suderman of StoneX right near the end of Tuesday trade. Arlen, so far this week, a quiet week. Some higher moves here and there, but nothing very dramatic at all. No, really. I think we're consolidating ahead of the crop report. There's really nothing fresh out there to drive markets one way or the other. We're getting the rains in South America. Either they were getting them in their forecast and confidence is going up with them. Um, and uh, there's really nothing changing fundamentally. So we're looking to see what USDA may change on Thursday when they release their updated production estimates from Argentina and Brazil and, and what implications that might have for U.S. exports of corn and soybeans going forward. Uh, looking at the outside market, so we did see quite a few headwinds the last couple of trading days, but then today uh, from a stronger dollar, but uh, today the dollar pulled back and corrected lower again, and uh, that eased those headwinds and allowed at least uh, soybeans and wheat to spend a little more time in the green today. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the dollar index. So you concur that in this particular case, it has made a big difference as we look at uh, Monday trade versus Tuesday trade, probably specifically in the wheat market and also crude oil. Yeah, exactly. Those are a couple of commodities that are very sensitive uh, to the value of the dollar. Other commodities, not so much so. Um, but uh, those are, and we certainly saw that play out. Not that it's an everyday factor, whether the dollar is higher or lower, but we were seeing such big moves in the dollar, really catch, capturing the attention of traders. And when the dollar was going higher, that's because treasury yields were going higher, notably higher, significantly higher. And that was communicating to the funds, well, the Fed's going to support high rates for longer, trying to get inflation down. So if they're going to be working to get inflation down, that means we should be short to commodities. I do think that that's going to change later this year. And I think they're going to flip their strategy, in my opinion. 
to one of wanting to own the commodities rather than being short or sold the commodities. But that's down the road when they start focusing on rising inflation once again. Export inspections really good on Monday morning. So a Monday rally in the bean market, some follow through on Tuesday. Anything else supporting that market? Yeah, I agree with you that the market interpreted the soybean export inspections as good. Although in reality, they were just back at the seasonal level uh, that we should be for this time of year. And we didn't make up much ground from where we are. We've still got a year-to-date deficit of about 64 million bushels of soybeans where we need to be. And our prime shipping season is coming to an end. So we're at risk of USDA cutting exports on Thursday, maybe as much as 50 million bushels. I don't think they'll go that far in this report, but I do think we're at risk. They'll probably offset part of that with with a bump in their um, in their crush number as crush has been running strong as we expected. Um, but overall, it still comes down to how short is the Brazil crop and does it justify an increase in U.S. exports down the road? And so far, we don't see evidence of that. It is a mixed picture in the protein sector with lower hog futures, but roughly $4 higher on the April live cattle contract. What's up there? Yeah, on the hog side, it's been fund money going in and out, and we've had some significant gains of about $14. And so time for the ebb and flow of the market to consolidate lower, and the algos amplify the move. They love doing that in the thinner trade markets. On the cattle side, we felt like maybe it would be a little bit weaker today because we'd gotten up to the 200-day moving average. We're consolidating below it. Uh, Looks like we're seeing evidence that the packers with margins tightening again. We're going to start pulling back the chain speed this week, Uh, but then the midday box beef um, cuts prices came out and showed another surge in choice cut values and that gave us the impetus we needed to push above that 200-day moving average and hit some buy stops and push higher. Arlen Suderman at StoneX and StoneX.com. Now the Tuesday settlements down in corn. March goes to 438 and three quarters, four cents lower, a drop of two and three quarters on the May contract, 450 and a half. Up three and a quarter for March soybeans, 1199 and a half, and May 1208 and a quarter, up three and a half cents. And March wheat picks up four and three quarters, so almost a nickel higher, 595 at the close. The meat's mixed. April live cattle up 372, settling at 186.07. And April lean hogs 81.25, down 95 cents. I'm Ian Eubank with the Tuesday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.